Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blur. That's a um, black nerd. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Well, hello, Kona Kids, Kona Kids. Here we are. It is the final three episodes of Minority Corner that includes this very one. We are wrapping things up here, and wow, do we have quite the episode for you. This is one for the books. We're coming out. We're we're going out with a bang, folks, and of course, to help us do it, y'all, it's the OG queen of MK. She's back. You know, we have to close things down with our queen who helped birth Minority Corner into existence. Anaki Fitzclark is here, and y'all, it is time to celebrate. We got a black lady Supreme Court judge. Yay! But then when you look at the demographics of the Senate, and uh, you look around, and you're like, oh, there's no black women in the Senate. Wait a minute. There's a whole lot of old white people. So I'm going to break down the demographics of the Senate. And I have some questions. Do we need the Senate? Is it representative? We'll discuss. We'll find out. And, you know, talking about the gauntlet that KBJ had to go through just Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. What she had to go through just reminds us of the gauntlet that black folks have to go through when applying and navigating through jobs that some other demographics just don't have to go through. It's very reminiscent. Aneke and I unpack. Looks like the workers of Amazon and Etsy and more, they're unionizing. What might this mean for our politicians and who they might have to listen to? Why is this happening? We got to talk about Moon Knight. Okay, Moon Knight is out. It's time to discuss. It is good, good, good. My husband is slaying it. We unpack. And I finally feel like I have come around to Miss Jennifer Hudson. And I have questions, y'all. I have questions. Why did her career not blow up, but Adele's did? Well, Aneke has the answers. And Aneke also has questions about why I'm finally coming around to Jay Hud's corner. And speaking of corners, in the main corner, I'm going to break down to you all a section of the book Cast by Isabel Wilkerson, which you all know I've been reading. And there's one chapter that talks about the eight pillars of the cast system and what those look like. These pillars, woof, 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 wait till you break these down. How might these pillars still be intact? holding up our very own caste systems and even looking at other caste systems that have existed and what can we do to tear these down and then for a little bit of sweet treat fun Aneke her final corner is going to discuss ice cream yes that's right ice cream but you know we're gonna put some black sauce on it how black people help to bring this tasty treat to American fame that we all enjoy so much, how they kicked it up a notch and helped us enjoy this ice cream treat that much more. Y'all can enjoy this treat of an episode. It's a great one. It's going to be so great. And don't forget, remember, you can check out my new daily morning show with Renee Colbert from Can I Pet Your Dog called Get On Up. Get On Up happens every Monday through Friday. Y'all have been hearing about it here on the show. Get On Up with us. It's on Back Channel. You just open up your Alexa device 
place, you say open back channel, and then boom, there you are. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. You can also watch live streams on YouTube or previous episodes. I'm not going anywhere. We're just changing the vehicle. So, all right. Well, it is time to learn, laugh, and play right here on Minority Corner. Energy, energy, Ineke. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll probably say it before there. the other one, too. <laughs> Let's be real. We are we're rounding the corner. Ineke, this is the first time you've been in the Minority Corner in-house studio. Have I? I've, you haven't. I've had other folks in here. Ineke's always like, oh, I'll come by the studio because we're recording. Yeah. It's all full circle. Back 100. in the day, Ineke mm-hmm. and I used to record all of our episodes On the floor in your living in room. In my living room. And now, <laughs> look at us. We've leveled up. We are on a couch. Okay, first of all, you leveled up. Let's just be honest. I showed up with my coffee in hand and a beanie on my head, and you have the two microphones set up. Two microphones set up. You got two laptops set up. I know. Two laptops. Like we've come a long way from those little thirty dollar microphones that we got on Amazon. Got to start somewhere. I forgot about those those that we put socks on. And we put socks on, and they were in the wrong direction, (laughs) as our first guest Ryan Christo pointed out. But we'll get all. To that rehashing, but Aneke, yes, look at how far we have come. Oh my god, we got a black lady judge. We got a black lady judge, Katanji Jackson. I know, I love, love her. her. I love her. I KBJ. love her little daughter. I love her husband who is crying. I love how she's the most qualified Supreme Court justice, but then still barely got through. It, the difference is, it's like I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg when she was confirmed, and just how different. Yep things are Mm -hmm. just three people didn't confirm her right and like with her she barely got through just three republicans who crossed over it's ridiculous because i i just i can't even wrap my brain around how divisive everything is now like and and the whole entire they're just trying to like Q-baiting this whole entire like pedophile pedophile wink 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 like like, get that mess out of here because and it's like Y'all better be careful, Republicans, because y'all are about to let this QAnon force into the hen house. I know. And it's going to devour you because conspiracy theories, they will eventually turn and come for you as well. Yep. And at like what fucking James, cost? A friend of mine recently outed herself as QAnon on Ooh. Facebook and I had to delete. Yeah. You have to delete because I just, I wasn't even. She's in, in a cult. It's a cult. I, I wasn't even in the mind space of trying to argue or figure, no. talk to her about it because you got to protect yourself too. Yeah. You no. Do black people get to rest? Uh, mm-hmm. Quoting uh, our our friend Mackenzie Green here. I want to point something out that like so. Yay, KBJ! Yes. And what's amazing is that like Kamala Harris got to preside over it. Black women, but you know where black women weren't? Uh oh. In voting for her, there oh. was not a single black female senator to be able to confirm her. Oh yeah, I know. Okay, I want to yeah. break down the demographics. I got some charts here. Was isn't um, Kamala the last one? She was the, she's like, the, oh, I think she, I'm pretty she sure she's the, the only, only black female senator that we have had. Um, and let's look at the Senate here, let's okay? Look it, let's yeah. look at the Senate. Give me those facts. So currently the Senate, uh, out of the 50 Democrats, four are his, uh, Latinx, okay. two are black, two are Asian. The rest are white. 50. 50. 5-0. Zero. 5-0. Four are Latinx, two are black, two are Asian. Looking at the Republican side, out of the 50 Republicans, yep. two are Latinx, one is black. Okay? 
Who's that black Republican? Uh, Scott, t- t- uh, Tom, Tony, Tom Scott, Tom Cotton. Is it Tom Cotton? That sounds. There is, is he eight. an uncle? Just wondering. Oh no! I you know he he has done some good work with Cory Booker in terms of like okay. helping to reform the criminal justice department. Okay, and he's been kind of the sound mind. I feel bad for him in some ways because like you know he's. I feel bad for Republicans. I, I do people. in the sense because like he's having to like explain racism to his colleagues and stuff, and like he's even, even like I've been stopped by the police too, and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we're not voting for this bill that's gonna you know help oh, black people live better lives. So then uh, <laughs> this man, I, I do. I got a. I got a fact. I to fact check what his last name is Four. okay but let's look at the house of representatives though. okay yeah so out of the 221 democrats mm-hmm. 55 are black 20 32 are latinx 13 are asian three are indigenous so much better numbers like even look at the way chart it's about better like numbers half like look at that, that half looks one, that looks way better and then even on the republicans well, <laughs> trying but it's still very white over there but they got a little bit more uh, out of 211 republicans two are black Okay. What's that one black lady? Uh, twelve are Latinx, Wait, two are Asian, black and lady three Republican? are ind- indigenous. There is a black lady Republican. She is. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's in Congress. Um, wow, those so numbers. Arthur, that's wild. And then yeah. when we look at the House of Representatives, I will say for like uh, women, mm-hmm. House of Representatives, twenty-seven percent are women. That needs to be much larger because <laughs> women represent fifty percent of the yeah. population. But this is the highest. It has been the yeah, highest that it's been. That and blue wave really helped us. It did, yes. Well, it's actually since what is this? Since about the mid nineties, oh. it's been going up. Oh, I love um, that subtly. And then the Senate is twenty four percent women. It's a lot of white women. But here's those charts. Yeah, it's been oh, kind of going up. Oh, look at that steadily growing up. Steadily growing, and it shot up in the last couple of years. Yeah, for, for women. but still, women represent fifty over fifty percent of the population. Right. So. I just we look at those numbers and I've been saying this for the longest time. Abolish the Senate. I'm so sorry. It is not representative of America. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like we need I think we have enough checks and balances. Yep. We don't need because things nothing gets passed. Nope. Because then the Senate will pass, the House will pass something who's mm-hmm. much more representative of the United States, and yep. then it'll get blocked in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell who who to it's hard to tell what's happening because nothing's getting done. And yep. so I would say like, you know what? Republicans win, let them pass their garbage. Mm. And then people will see, oh, that's garbage. Yeah. I don't want that. And then they'll vote the other way and the Republicans will have to do different yeah. to come up. And instead of just coming up with all they have, are pedophilized and don't say gay. Like they're doing all these just hot, but there's no real issues. No, their issue is to keep control. And the Senate is a way to keep control. Yeah. Like purely in numbers, two representatives for each state. Mm-mm. That doesn't make sense. California versus Missouri. Mm-hmm. And you got the same or types even of representatives. Rhode Island. Like it doesn't make sense for who we are now. I think it just. The House of Representatives to me is so much more fully. There's a you know veteran there. There's a chicken farmer, Katie Porter, who's like a yeah. single mom of three. Like there's just much more representation. better representation, and that's what we're supposed to have. Like I think the Senate has outlived its purpose. We can't get anything done. Abolish the Senate, along with the Electoral College. The two of those, yeah, we those don't need those. Anymore. Get those out of my face. I and mean, why would we not need to like update? Like I don't have the same MacBook computer from when I. I don't have like the same computer from like my Pack Bell. Yeah, with Nindo, Windows ninety. <laughs> Five. We update it. It's like, hello. I mean, 
it, it only makes sense to to check and balance our regulations right. and our pro, like representatives and everything that we need. We're a different it. group of people and we need different representation. And here we are. Here we are. But, you, but know, you know, I and the last thing I just want to say in terms of the politics front and I'm mm. I'm done. Political uh, over here uh, <laughs> it is, you know, so Ohio is also about to introduce their own. Don't say gay bell. Oh, Lord. Uh, so it's worked so well in Florida. Ohio is about to do the same old thing. And and again it's just this thing that like this is all they have to run on Mm -hmm. there's not actual like what are you trying to do to get more money in people's pockets like inflation is going up what are you trying to do to like help people get jobs i think the chickens will eventually come home to roost because you'll they'll see the emperor has no clothes because you're seeing a rise in union workers yeah like even the etsy folks are, are about to unionize etsy is crazy right now it's yeah. so true and the amazon that just and the amazon workers in new york they just got their own union and what was really smart about the amazon folks is that they didn't use other unions they were like we know our amazon store is best so they formed yeah. their own you oh, know I love union. that that's yeah. smart that's yeah, really, yeah and really homegrown in the way that unions should work 100 percent. and so i think like you're seeing a rise of unions because it's the rise of the the working class again like I think people were sold a bill of goods during the Reagan administration and I think people are going to start seeing like wait a minute these corporations don't have my best interests at all yeah. these corporations have way too much power way too much um, all of our politicians are beholden to these politicians oh and God. so power of the union the politicians will have to start listening to the people again and that's my two cents I agree with those two cents Put them in my pocket. And a say, jingle, jingle, yes. jingle. What you got? <laughs> oh, I got two, I got cents, two cents over there. Let me see those two cents. No, I, I also want to just say racism is a powerful drug. So that's Ooh. what they're holding on to right now. Racism, homophobia, um, bigotry. That's what they're really holding on to. And that's what they're they're using as their platform. Mm-hmm. But they won't call it, like, again. They won't and, call it it. and they Because they don't think it is racism. Uh, they'll call all these other kind of, you know, different things because the worst thing you can call it is, a, is, race, is racist. Yep. And because we define it as like a character, at, like a defect where it's like, no, this is a, a system and a structure. Yes. And we can't unpack that unless people admit, like, you've got these biases and the power that comes along with it. Um, mm-hmm. So... Speaking of... Here we go, transition. Biases. Okay. I have a a question for you. Here's a scenario. Here's a scenario. Here's a scenario. I'm listening. You've applied for a job at your company. Yes. Internal. Internal company, right? Mm -hmm. You've applied that you've been there for three years. Okay. You've applied for this job. You're ready for this next... It's in a different team. You're ready for this next transition. I'm ready. Scoop me over. You have also... You've applied for it. You've talked to like the the head of the department. Okay. Uh, Everyone loves you at the company. Making headways. Stellar at your job, right? Now, you've also seen people from your same area and team cross over to that other team. Okay. In fact, you've trained some of those people that have crossed over. This is (laughs) hyper-specific. And then when it (laughs) comes to like... All right, making some decisions about who's joining the team. Oh, no, here we go. You are not one of them, but Uh-oh. again, there's someone on that team. You yeah. train them. They're on that team. Oh, no. uh, somebody else who you've also trained, they now just got hired on that team, and they told you you don't have quite the qualifications. The uh, people you trained <laughs> are telling you you don't have the right qualifications? And let me also, not like, yeah. So Royal the, you. We're not talking about you. No, no, no. Uh, this, this is a hypothetical situation. Yeah. And let me also add, the two other people that did get hired onto that team, mm. they're white men. Okay. You're a black woman. Oh. What do you, like, what do you think is maybe happen? What do you, 
I'm mad. I'm mad as hell. And I think racism or sexism. But that's that's the trick, though. That's the game that all of us minorities have to play, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. If you get passed over and you know you're fucking qualified, mm-hmm. you can, your default is always... Well, what is it? Is it racism? Mm-hmm. Is it sexism? Is it ageism? Is it because I'm disabled? Is mm-hmm. it because I'm gay? Is it because of this? And it's fucked up that we have to think that way when a white guy, a cis white straight guy, can just be like, well, I guess I'm mad because I should have got it. Mm-hmm. When clearly all they have to think about is, was I qualified oh, yeah. or was I not qualified? I had, I, we were in a, a work, we do these different allyship huddles and things mm. like that that I've designed where we have space to talk about, you know, these difficult, difficult but necessary conversations at work. Oh, yeah. And there is, you know, this you know, well-meaning, cis, straight white man who comes to all these different things and all these different talks and... You know, we're everybody in the group, myself and the different women in the group, were talking about how um, they won't apply for a job unless they're overly qualified for it. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah, you know what? I'm guilty of I just see something and I'm not qualified for it and I just go for it. And then he's just like, yeah, you know what, ladies, just you all just do the same thing. Like, just go for it. And it's like, no. whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a different reason why you, for one, can do that and get away with it as well. Yes. This goes hand in hand with the the Katanji. Mm-hmm. She's overqualified. And that's the only way that we were able to get her oh. into the Supreme Court. Meanwhile, what's his face? Brett Pop- Kavanaugh? Popping off, yelling at them. She had to con- conduct herself with so much composure. Uh, Lindsey Graham was interrupting her and was like, why won't she let- answer my question? You won't let her. And you keep asking, like, is this baby racist? And I in know. her very educated mind, she's thinking, this is the dumbest fucking question I have ever had asked. But I, I had to keep my composure. composure. I can't pop off. It's the truth. So, I mean, just as a personal thing, for those of you who do not know, I am a black woman. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to one of the last episodes, and y'all just coming to town. You know, you never know. That's Somebody true. might be. Let me test this oh, out. Oh, that's okay. over. Damn. Yeah, but okay. they can go back. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I um, was recently talking to a friend. They shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. I was at a play date with them. Well meaning, great person, white woman. Mm-hmm. And this is where the things complex, like when you have interest intersectionality like we've been talking about since the very beginning there are other complex things so she was talking about applying to jobs and she was surprised that i could just apply to a job during the pandemic and magically get it that's how she saw it whoa and she was like wow you just applied to one job and you got it and i was like well i'm damn good at what i do good at what you do i was like i don't just apply to jobs right I apply to things that I know no, that I yeah. absolutely will fucking blow it out of the mm-hmm. water because I don't want any other excuse to play into mm-hmm. me oh. not getting that job. You don't need to process or deal with like any of that. So it's just really frustrating again, like all of these, like, you know, Ohio bills, the don't say gay stuff, like all of these things that they're trying to, they're not, they're not real. Um, I don't have any solutions except for like, we have to keep coming out there and actually speaking what the truth is. Yes. Uh, my brother and I were just talking is just like, again, we can't even get on the same page about what truth is. If this is a table, they're like, it's a dragon and those dragons are pedophiles. And we're like, well, okay, we're not in the same reality here at all that's crazy 
crazy to think that I, I'm having the hardest time with the two different reality parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, half of it is self, is constructed. <laughs> and the people at the top construct it and they absolutely know what they're saying is not true. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the most sinister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Again, it's just like hunger for maintaining power and afraid what happens when it lets it go. But we're really going to just make this place a better place for everybody. Y'all are going to benefit. They always do. Y'all are going to benefit. Going to have better roads, better ideas for like music and innovation like it's gonna as the data shows businesses with stronger diversity real commitments to diversity increase in 87 percent of of uh decision making 19 percent increase in revenue 19 percent increase in retention so you're going to make more money have better ideas you're going to win and not going to end up putting some little black boy in a hoodie that says coolest monkey in the jungle and everyone's going to boycott you h&m like like what the fuck there's no black people on that committee absolutely none i don't i it's like you think about the visualizers you think big picture and you go way out you have one side where everybody's diverse everybody has a seat at the table everybody talks about things all points are are being thought about and equally set up so it's going to be provided for and then you have nazis (laughs) (laughs) i mean that is really the two yeah no that is it those are the right so you've got those options. You want Nazis or like everyone going to win. Right. So those are the, there's no, there's no. I mean, no Darth thing. Vader, it was said that he's a space Nazi. Do you want Star mm. Trek or do you want space Nazis? Yeah, like, what do you want? You really do want, Star Trek really is the better universe. I mean, they are, I mean, the reason why Star Trek exists is that ev- there's enough for everybody. There's no money that exists in Star Trek. Uh, there's enough for everybody. And that's why they're able to explore the galaxy. And yeah. we really are there. There's enough resources. We have enough food, housing for everyone to be able to have. We just need to get better about distributing those. And, you know, Elon must not purchase Twitter, which I'm like, well, that makes sense. I feel like every megalomaniac is just now going to just start buying Twitter Mm -hmm. and Facebook and those sort of things. Um, Yes, I do. I have a question. Last like burning questions before we wrap up Minority Corner here. Oh, my gosh. Why? I was listening to a song and I was like, oh, this is a really great song. And she's got very similar vocal mm. abilities as another diva. Okay, I'm holding on to my butt. <laughs> Here we go. Y'all, why didn't J HUD blow up the way Adele did? We love J HUD. She went, and I'm telling you. Like, she blows Don't you it get out onto J HUD? You water. have spent seven years <laughs> trashing J HUD. And now on the last couple episodes, you're like, maybe I like J-Hud. Because I'm like listening to Adele and then I was listening to J-Hud's one song. And I don't like leaving under my spotlight. I'm going to say say it and it's a controversial take because I always support black people. I love black people. You know that. Yeah. Adele's a better singer. Really? Adele's a better singer. She has better range. She has better range. Mm, but J-Hud hit and that. She has and more. I'm telling you. She can hit it. But can she sing a regular song? I'm not. Spotlight was boring. I'm not. <laughs> Stop it. See you. I'm not feeling too well. See? Stop it. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. My favorite thing. Like, how are you doing? Ooh, I'm not feeling What's too well. For? I got pain. What's the, What's the that song? Effie, we all got pain. See? You can't make, I mean, 
That song is so fucked. That song is so fucked up because like she <laughs> is not feeling well. And they're like, "Are you late?" And she's to the doctor because she's pregnant. And like, "Are you messing up?" And she's like, "I'm not feeling too no. well." Effie, we all got pain. They don't love. I mean, Effie is beat she's up on that. Like, yeah, she but comes around. Don't feel bad for Jay Hood. Is it? I she's also- getting a talk show. Which I don't have confidence I mean, in, but you know, you know how hard it is to get a J Hud talk, uh, not just not just a J Hud talk show, any Real, daytime talk it. show to land. It is so hard. Everyone and their mom is at a daytime. It's Harry Connick Jr. That was like, weird. Uh, Gabriella Cortez, the forty-year-old on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. She had a talk show. <laughs> yeah, I want to like. We take a break. I want to Google. That is who's wild. Had... I had no. Tyra had a very successful talk show. Yeah, she had that year. I mean, Drew. Barrymore is doing really well with her talk show. She's RuPaul like, couldn't even do the talk show. Mm, he he had mm-hmm. one over the summer that I watched. I think it was two years ago or one year ago. And I was like, oh, okay, Look I'll watch this. this. Ten celebrities you forgot had a daytime talk show. Uh, Chris Jenner had one. I remember one. Chris. Uh, oh, is it Tony Danza in 2004? What? Uh, <laughs> Bethany Frankel had a short-lived one. She sucks. Oh, Queen Latifah had uh, I two remember. daytime talk shows. Her most recent one was canceled in 2015. I remember Dana's talk show. Fran Drescher in 2010. All these people who had terrible voices, except for Queen Latifah. <laughs> Eric Connick Jr. You're right. Maybe people don't want to see. He had a great voice. He has a great He's voice. A he was scary as oh, Daddy Warbucks, I'll tell Megan you that. Megan Mullally, 2006. Weird voice for a talk show, but I love her. Bonnie Hunt. Oh, comedian Wayne Brady. That's surprising. He... Just host a game show. And then Caroline Ray when she tried to take over for Rosie O'Donnell. Like, no, that's a bad replacement. And they had like the same set. And she was like, Koosh Paul, poop. No, <laughs> that's imitation. Change it up. But they're doing something similar, though. Is it similar? Because like Sherry Shepard is technically taking over Wendy, Wendy Williams. Williams. Yeah, but Wendy Williams is out here being like, I'm better. I'm coming back. I Here's the thing. <laughs> I've said this before on this podcast. But Wendy, I hope you're well. But God don't like ugly. And she's had a Mr. Toad's wild ride the last two years she has had. And now she wants everyone to be like, oh, poor Wendy. I she has been ripping on people for that. De- I hope she this is. This is a come to Jesus she right now for her. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy Williams. God don't like ugly, okay? Mm-hmm. Like the chickens are coming home to roost. They're home. Ch- cluck, cluck. They're, cluck, cluck. <laughs> they gobbling and shitting all over your house. Ooh. And also... Change your smoke detector. We Ooh. saw you during that pandemic. Oh, it was so sad. I mean, the pandemic episodes were a crazy hot mess. That was our first sign that she's not well. Things they should have right. stopped recording. She had a smoke detector <laughs> was going off during she was recording at home. And then she kept calling her cats. Come on, kitty. You guys want to see my cats? And they never showed up. She was eating a turkey leg. We're like, her I thought art you were... was really weird. She was eating a turkey leg on camera. We're like, we thought you were a vegan. Mm-mm. If you are on shaky ground, never show people your homes. <laughs> <laughs> your home and if you spend your insight. life talking shit about people don't let mm. people in so we you will. don't have confidence about jay hud's show <sighs> it's gonna be tough because like she couldn't make her music career go so maybe I, she could do a talk show even talk though talk shows are challenging she, she was like i don't know i think if she gets like a lot i'm rooting for her because i yeah. want her yeah to work she wasn't adele took her singing career from her so she wasn't able to get that i'm sorry adele's better but i also think like you know what it <laughs> sorry. is i don't think that jennifer hudson probably is a good songwriter yeah i don't think she's a good song i mean she's a she's she won a show Right, yeah, she's like ah, and singing, American other people, Idol. singing other people's songs. So I mean, she told us who she is and what she does from the get. 
R-E-S-P-C-T. See? Get her as a moringa thug. We need to just get her in all of these biopics of big singers. <laughs> and then she'll succeed. You know? She'll mm-hmm. do Dream Girls. She's doing Aretha. She oh, could do, like, somebody her else. That's, that's her, her spot. That's her niche. She's like, who do you need me to play? I'll play A them. cat? Who's <laughs> going up into an air I balloon? I forgot about cats, man. <laughs> oh, oh But uh, Adele... You can't take Adele from me. No, we won't. We won't do it. Woo! I just no, no, no. It's fine. And then thing, really quick. Oh. This will be our last real chance to talk about Marvel, who's just taken over our lives. I've only seen the first two episodes of Moon Knight, but boy, is Moon Knight starring my husband Oscar Isaac. Don't, and y'all know I don't, don't drool over straight men, but is he straight? He's he's in a category of his own. He's like comfortable. He has by guy human. energy. He's comfortable being human. Him and his uh, mm-hmm. space sister, Pedro Pascal. Yes. Oh, Two so hot much. bi guy energies where we no. could both hold hands and lust over them together. <sighs> it's lovely. More um, men should just admit who they are. Just be open. I was at a music festival and everyone. Oh, I went to see Duck Sauce. I know. I saw that picture. <laughs> Why give me so much shade? It's still a pandemic. I wasn't. <laughs> I'm not for me. <laughs> I know. Okay, so I like their song Barbara Walters. Is it no? Ba- is it Barbara Walters? <laughs> Streisand. Streisand. Barbara Walters. Walters. It I guess goes. It, it works. works because the, it goes Barbara Streisand. <laughs> yeah. And Barbara Walters does do like her. But I was making fun of her the other day on my morning show, and someone was like, "That was a speech impediment." I was like, "Whoop." Well, everybody made fun of her, but that's, sorry. I mean, I guess it doesn't make, oh, okay, double down. We got a little Bubble double water. down animal style over here. Secret but, menu. Uh, what I was there is a very like mixed crowd. If there's EDM music, there's got to be gays. I never have to ask myself no. in San Francisco because yeah. like it doesn't have to be just like a circuit party. There's EDM music. There will be gays. Yeah. Um, it's the history. And but there's also straight people there too. And it was such a great mixing. Oh, there were nice. people of color. It was a really great. See, I love great group that. Of people. But just seeing the straight guys mm-hmm. high. Looking, giving googly eyes at their straight guy friends. Yeah, it was like, oh, they they just so want to touch funny. each other while high on these drugs. You are a mess. Look at you creating stories. I could see it. No, fanfic. It was just like fanficking at this concert, and their girlfriend's right there, and they're looking at her with them googly eyes, them drooly eyes. It was like, oh, and you see it more than one place. And like, ah, ah, ha, ha. Um, I mean, as I honestly. I don't think I would take my significant other to a dance show. Yeah. I just want to dance. I just want to dance. It's fair. Yeah. I, what were we, why did I even bring this up? I don't know. Uh, you want to oh, talk about how much Moonlight. fun you're having? Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I've only watched the <laughs> In first front two. Of you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> While I'm like at home putting now a that... baby to bed. Okay. Moon Knight, two episodes in. Yes. But I keep, I feel like I keep going back to this like thing with like most Marvel movies. It's like better than it needed to be. You know, mm. or like I wasn't expecting it. I was going in with like low expectations. I right. was like, ah, we'll see. I am having the time of my life. Like, it's an excellent show. Very different than anything they've done before. Yes, got that TVMA. Put I my mean, away. She can't I, be seeing this. The blood is flowing, and you normally don't see blood up in the Marvel movies. No, even someone got a nosebleed. They're like, "Ooh, better cover that up." I know. No, it's good. It's really good. They got the. They spent the money on the actors. I mean them. Um, 
They spent the money on the writers. Mm-hmm. The writing of the show is so good. It's, it, it, it's also, it's nice because like one thing Marvel t- tends to do is always some sort of mystery. Mm. Uh, but this is a very fun sort of mystery of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, you know, playing with uh, multiple personality disorder. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's just a really, it's different. And I just, my hat goes off to the Marvel team because they continuously are just doing something different each time you keep thinking the ball's gonna drop at any moment right. and like they're still trucking along here they shake it up unlike dc where we get like 10 million batmans they are going into the vault and yeah. they're taking out different, different. people mm-hmm. that we don't know and creating these rich stories and doing different concepts with them too and yet they're mm-hmm. all part of a larger universe whereas like i just feel like DC's just making up as they go along and throwing spaghetti at a wall and (laughs) seeing what will stick. And uh, it doesn't have that connective tissue. And it's just interesting because Marvel literally has like said, oh, here's how we're doing it. And they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, what if we do this? Yeah. One other Batman. I know. Uh, <laughs> hey, Wonder Woman. She's doing this thing. It's in the, y'all like the 80s. I know. It feels like it's like a little too late over at DC, even though they are doing some interesting stuff. Like Peacemaker was excellent. That was great. That was a great one. But Doesn't really fit with everything else, but great. And they, But they did the thing. Whereas, like, they took somebody from the vault and then they added a rich story to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's so many different new. characters. So, well. I, I love it. And also, I love that it's supposedly going to give us a good in- interpretation of Egypt and mm-hmm. the Egyptian gods. Like, yeah. the creator was like full on. He legit saw Wonder Woman and was like, oh, I yeah. Can do this we better. talked about this on the show. But mm-hmm. my one thing is, like, and then you hired Oscar Isaac. Who is- I know. Cuban and Guatemalan, but he's going to the siren. Oh, it's going to be Egypt, 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 and we're hiring Oscar Isaac. Oh, look, Egyptian. Yeah, got it. All right. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, it'd be remiss if I didn't leave you all with a little bit of advice. And before we started recording, Anek and I, I was doing a terrible job at multitasking. Yeah. I forget what you were talking were you? about. Oh, And yeah. I was like, I love J-Hud. And you were talking about, like, somebody the else. Senate. Or Ketanji. Yeah, somebody <laughs> Brown-Jackson. Because I saw Jennifer Hudson's name, and then I, yeah, so the brain computed. I'm reading this book right now called Stolen Focus. Uh, It's by Johan Hari, and it's one of those books that Oprah was like, everybody has to read this book. And you know when she says that, she's not messing around. She absolutely is not. I and so in this book he talks about that there's 12 forces at work to steal your focus and it's 12. not your fault. That's a and lot. And so there's an increase in ADHD for in adults. Mm. Uh, and you know there's I know a lot of uh, my adult friends who are on ADHD medication. Mm. Um, it's completely not your fault. There's 12 forces at work. It's completely designed that way. And so obviously it's things like you know social media mm-hmm. and the internet and the way that it was designed is it breaks it down into the psychology of how the internet was designed. Uh, was a certain philosophy in psychology that was based on, forget the name of the psychology, where it's like, oh, if you do a repetitive behavior, you can control an animal. And so that's like the basis behind, oh. there's like this philosophy um, of, of, of psychology. Um, and uh, so it's a really, really, really great book. One of the points that he brings up is that multitasking is not a real thing. Oh. It's a thing that it was designed, you know where it came from? Mm-mm. 
when they started developing computers because they were like these computers can multitask and do multiple things at once we took that on as like something that we thought humans can do absolutely not we can't at most humans can concentrate on one to two things at one time and so you're not actually multitasking you're juggling one thing is always in the front even if I'm like cleaning and going on autopilot and listening to something uh, what happens is the cleaning is in the back seat and I'm listening in the focus or cleaning is in the front and center and listening goes into like the back seat. You it's know? so true. There's always one thing that you're doing more shitty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it'll just take you longer. Like I think about back in the day when I was a kid, I would do my homework in front of the television. It would take me forever to get that homework done. And now as an adult, like I can barely listen to I used to listen to podcasts, but now it's like I can barely sometimes even listen to music at yeah. times with words or music I like. It's got to be just like, I don't know this album by Tony Braxton. Yeah. Just, just, so Put it you in the background. Have to focus you don't on have to it. focus on it. It's I just know. her being, <laughs> I just want to dance. She has, a, she has a bop. Tony Braxton, who we've never mentioned on the show probably in 350 episodes. Because she's fucking I just classic. Dance, dance, I've never dance. heard that one. <laughs> Sounds like. A sleepy it's bop. Got a, no, it's, it's a, a dance <laughs> It's a sleepy she's, bop. No, she's talking about dancing and she wants to dance. It's a very Tony Braxton. How Tony Braxton does like a dance bop in 2000. I think it came out 21. That makes sense. Oh, 21? <laughs> Y'all slept on it. What? This just happened. She can't, yeah. What's she doing? Maybe, wait, I want to fact check myself. She, I guess the pandemic was good for Tony Braxton. I just want to dance. Stop it. I can't. It sounds like a sad ghost. <laughs> a party ghost. No, it's really, I, I think it's on, uh, let's see, this new album that she has. Okay. Okay, there's, oh, there's a, oh, uh-oh. Oh, no, here we go. Uh, Yeah, 2020. What? The album, so even later. What she the album is called Spell My Name. Tony. <laughs> but how you spell it. Is it with an I? It is. Oh, okay, yeah. She's got a track with her on it as well. Um, oh, her be making the rounds. Yeah. And she, I think uh, I think Missy's all, she did a dance remix of this song, Dance, in <laughs> also 2020. So. Oh, that's sad. She was probably gearing up for a big 2020 mm-hmm. release and do a whole bunch of stuff. Nope. No. Life had better plans. That's a sexy picture of her, though. So look she at her. Got a little wig on. Cute little wig. <laughs> I remember she looks good. Mm-hmm. I remember she had one of the most her and Janet Jackson had one of the most yep, that's Those the little weave. little curly weave. That's the weave that was like the most expensive weave or oh, something. Oh yeah. yeah. It was a little like it was like what, like a wavy ramen weave? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A wet a wet curl. A wet curl. See, and then oh there she is. That's the Tony I know. With a little bob. Yeah. And look, she's on the album cover, it's like a little uh turtleneck sweater dress it's cute little high low mm-hmm. that's a big turtleneck too she looked nice yeah, so how old is tony braxton we should look that up we'll she has to be out. in her 50s right she just lost one of her sisters recently oh yeah they had that tv show on like e the braxtons and to i uh, tamar tamar is the first technically black person to win celebrity big brother well first black person to win big brother though it was celebrity big brother oh. she won mm-hmm. she's 54 tony braxton she must have been so young during Unbreak My Heart. And that was such like a mature, sexy, old person song. Mm-hmm. And she's like And she 18. had like an old cut too. Like in like a. Yeah, it was like, like a, a little a slick like. Slick mm-hmm. Well, anyways. Well, that's <laughs> it. Uh, Tony Braxton. <laughs> she done did it. All right. We're going to get into our first corner. Uh, this is coming from a, the, a book called Isabella Wilkerson's Cast. I want to. Something that I came through the book. 
eight pillars of caste so we can understand what are the eight pillars that create a caste system and yeah. hold it up. Ooh, I love it. Look, it's a rough world out there, especially lately. I get it. So let's take care of our minds as best we can. I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. The first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, can't believe I gotta go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. Bless my soul, pillars on a row, gotta strike them down, bring the system down. Yeah, okay. Zero to hero, take those pillars down. Yeah! You're not a hero, you're racist. Take them pillars down, eight pillars of cast. You know what? You you saved it. You stuck that landing. <laughs> I wasn't going to be celebrating it. We're not celebrating that, but it's a fun takedown. Yes. So there is a book called Cast by Isabella Wilkerson. It has taken me a year to make my way through this book. It's a tough one. And I'm still halfway through. Uh, Good stuff, though. 400 pages and only 200 pages in. Determined to finish it this year. We'll see. But there's one part in the book that really stood out to me. I mean, there's so many different parts in this book. Corner Kids, make sure that uh, you pick up this book, your homework as you continue on out into the world. Go to your local library. Maybe go see your local Anake. I'd be happy to give you that book. We got a couple <laughs> copies at the Ohlone Library. Like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed your podcast. Uh, Take this book. <laughs> All right. So there are eight. Uh, let me hit you with the eight of them first and then we'll break them down. Okay. So number one, divine will is the first pillar. Mm. Second one is heritability. Mm. The third one is, ooh, help me with this word, endogami. Sure. <laughs> yeah? I don't know it, but it sounds good. What is that word? That is, yeah, endogami. Endogami. You got it. And the control of marriage and mating. <laughs> <laughs> Purity and pollution. Okay. Uh, <laughs> occupational hierarchy. <laughs> like a neck, like confirming that mm, you have another one. Okay. Dehumanization and stigma is number six, and then number seven, terror and cruelty, and then number eight, inherent superiority and inferiority of caste. Okay, let me roll through these. There's a lot here to unpack. Yeah. So you thought we were gonna <laughs> wrap this up with kittens and poodles? And absolutely not. More <laughs> a woman burns down the forest after giving birth and. Almost stung by bees. That's, That's how episode we started. four stuff. That's how we started. Three forty eight. Okay, so divine <laughs> will, the first one. So this comes from, and the whole entire book talks about the three most successful caste systems to ever exist: the one in India, yep. Nazi Germany, and Ooh. the United States. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's not good company. Nope. <laughs> and so the divine will is this idea that essentially it's around religious beliefs. So mm. it's around that uh, social uh, stratospheres are beyond human control. It's just like, mm, this is just the way God made it. I'm on this level. You're on that one. 
taking away the responsibility on one particular group. Not my fault. So in the <laughs> so in the Hindu religion, it holds uh, it's the aspect of uh, Brahma that the supreme god who created and populated the world uh, used various parts of his body in a way of corresponding to the social functions dictated by the traditional order. So it's divine order that this is your lot in life. This is where you are. Don't blame me. Blame. If you come from his butt, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. That's not my problem. And then in Christianity, essentially, it's the two good sons in the Old Testament of Noah. Yeah. So he had the two good sons, and then he had, ooh, that ham. Ooh, ham was not was acting a fool. And I believe, if I remember, all ham was like, Dad, you got drunk and you're naked. Like, are you okay? And he was like, get out of here. I think that's the story. always <laughs> the I was just like calling attention. Dad, I think he put a blanket on his dad. Please, it's been a while. No, my dick is out. (laughs) Gather those two ducks. (laughs) Do you know what I did? Do you see this arc saved you? This evil Zion. And so he was like, get out of here. And so Ham was believed to be cursed. And uh, the people of Spain and Portugal were like, you know he was black. And they were- Why they gotta do that? <laughs> they were mad so over, they, over the, what is that area? The Moors. The Moors. They're like pissed at Moors who mm-hmm. took over. So they were like, okay, yeah, all black people are evil. And that helped if you think about when you come to slavery, like it helped. All those white people were like, this is just how God God said for us to do it. So that's that first one. So that's the first pillar that you were trying to overcome pillar one scoot the blame <laughs> and if you think about these pillars too it's like when we're thinking about these pillars i want you to think about like how are they still yeah. in place and how are we still working to dismantle an eight that's a lot and they're very strong yes heritability so this is the idea that you know you were born into whatever caste that you you know you belong to so i uh, you know it's acquired by birth so in india they have their different caste uh mm-hmm. systems as well uh that you're sort of born into it and then you know for black people you know enslaved mothers had no legal right to their children yeah. black birth became it was a production process of slave labor and black children were regarded as valuable commodities and so the major distinction if you're like what's the difference between caste and class well mm. as well Wilkerson, she defines it she's new caste it's predetermined it's unchanging generationally upheld whereas class you can attain you can move yourself out of it if you just work you know hard this enough is so true and so important because i and i'm sorry i'm interrupting no please this is why but- yeah 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 I, I hate the argument where somebody's like, well, I'm a poor white person. What about me? You're still white. You're still white. And you are in the system the way it was designed because they decided that our system was not going to be determined by class. It was going to be determined by the color of your skin. Um, there's still more movement movement and systems in place for any poor white person to move out of it. And yeah. a poor white person benefits from the caste system because they're still up above many black folks. Yes. Even a middle class black person. Right. Um, you know, and I, I actually had someone who was attending these conversations, this white straight man, same guy, actually. Here we go. I, you know, said, you know, well, for, for where, from where I'm standing, it's all about class. And I wanted to pause in that. He literally just said it himself. I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> it from where you're standing. That's it. 
so from your saying that's absolutely right. I can see how that would look like that. But we have a class system that is actually on a CAS system. So I think yeah. it's important for us to get words matter, as Brene Brown is talking about mm. in her new five-part series. I mm. highly recommend it. Atlas of the Heart, mm -hmm. so good. If we don't aren't able to name and label the problem or even our emotions and our feelings, we don't know how to correct it and what the antidote is, right? Ooh, snaps. If I don't know you got cancer, I'm giving you Flintstone chewables. And you're like, I don't think this, this isn't is going to help. <laughs> we didn't good, name though. it. You're like, you're just sick. Okay, here you go. Here you go. I <laughs> it's mean, a back rub. Vitamin C. <laughs> Not going to help. Mm -mm. And so in the U.S., uh, the exclusion of black Americans, regardless of their level of social or professional success, uh, was an exclusion based on superficial, inescapable, inherited characteristics. And this resembles, you know, uh, the practice and treatment of India's untouchable populations mm. which there's so many similarities if you ever watched the movie white tiger oh i haven't uh produced by eva duvernay oh. and you get an experience of it was kind of nice to remove kind of see like in some ways it was kind of nice to be a black person watching a different cast i feel that place. it was like oh finally but just to yeah. see the it's connections not so personal but you can see yes it for, yeah and that's what i was like oh wow and it also was such a because they're very blatant. They're like, this is a cast system. And it was very blatant to be like, oh, well, we got that same situation. Yeah, it's like, this looks familiar. Priyanka Chopra, she's in it. She helped produce it. Mm -hmm. She's one of the upper cast. Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Jonas. By the time, I think she was only Priyanka Chopra. Oh, she was just living her life. Who is not, sorry, Rosie O'Donnell, but her dad is not Deepak Chopra. Did you hear about that? Oh, God, the racism. <laughs> They were at a dinner where it was like it was <laughs> maybe they were out of a there was they were at a like dinner and uh, so on some island or something and Nick Jonas and Rosie O'Donnell and her partner and Priyanka ran into each other and they're having dinner and she was and 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 she reaches over to Priyanka she's like I love your dad and she's like how do you know my dad she's like oh he's great Deepak and she's like then not. My dad, or maybe her dad was her dad's name also Deepak. I don't know. Still, still, Rosie O'Donnell has the most common last name ever. You would think that she would know that there's common names at other places. And then she tried to like do an apology, and then the apology yeah. needed an apology. She was like that Chopra person, or it just was bad. No, was not bad. from where I'm standing. See, <laughs> okay, pillar number three, and again, checking like, are any of these pillars still in place? Check, mm. check, check. Number three, uh, endogamy mm. and the control of marriage and uh, mating. Yuck. So the pro prohibition of sex and marriage between castes. Mm -hmm. We had this in the U.S. with uh, missegregation laws. Is that what? No, miss. Yeah, missegregation. Miss. Okay, it's coming back. Another place is trying to pass another no interracial marriage. No way. Everything old is new again. Listen, back. wild. Uh, and so the caste systems essentially these are like you can't marry outside of your caste, and these are strictly enforced. It's meant to separate and manage bloodlines because again, if you're saying you're trying to keep bloodlines pure, like you're in the you're in the bad caste, mm -hmm. you Noah's grandson. You so you bad. So you like we want to make sure that these things stay pure. We obviously know that Germany was do it go doing this Woo! in great lanes. Eugenics. Yeah. And so different laws will be passed. You'll restrict marriage reproduction along caste lines. Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely have seen this even within the black community. Like when my mom was still pregnant with me. Um, like they believe that she had, you know, uh, maybe lost my twin mm -hmm. and they were like, sh like, oh, we have to, you know, go in there and, you know, clean everything else out. And she thinks that they were actually trying to just like, you know, make it so 
they're like just cl- she shouldn't be having a kid. I mean, I hate to say it. If you think it, then there's some truth in mm-hmm. it. If it's you so have to think up. and pause into it, yeah. God. And so, yeah, these are, uh, you know, again, we know Hitler was trying to do this and he admired the American model. I want everyone to know that everything, for the most part, what Hitler got, he got all these ideas from the United States. Uh, we talked about this on the podcast before, the gasoline baths that they use. We use those yep. for Mexicans trying to cross the border back uh, in like the 30s. Uh, so many of these, he saw it was so Ugh. successful of like, oh, well, we're able to segregate so easily. And then we come over there wagging our finger at him. And I black know. folks are like, okay, when we done, can we fix so we're going to stop it? Because I'm going to go fight with you. So we're going to stop it. Mm-hmm. And America said, not from where I'm standing. And in fact, there's like the stories of like different people wearing their uniform who came back after fighting mm-hmm. and were murdered. Ah! In their uniform. How, like what? Mm-mm. And essentially America's racial boundaries had been set from its earliest days, as we all know. Oh, it, yeah. along before with, it was America. Before it was America, along with the nation's historic exclusion of non-European immigrants. Yep. Uh, these laws effectively created a process of selective breeding that yep. reinforced caste divisions while reserving for white men the ownership of black reproduction. Yuck. And also the creation of whiteness. Mm-hmm. They, yes. You're allowed to assimilate in yep. and be like, oh, I'm now a Polish white person. I can marry an Irish white and person. And the reason why the- they did that was because, and the book points this out, the original definitions of whiteness, it was uh, it did not include like Germans or Italians, uh, like anything that was a pretty much like not sort of like more so Anglo-Saxon, like British, mm-hmm. right? But their numbers were dwindling because so many people were immigrating to here. So they had to. It was a very concerted. It was a very strategic effort to start broadening ideas of what whiteness meant because that's how they were defining caste. So then we have number four, purity and pollution. So the belief that the dominant caste is pure, it must be protected against uh, the inferior class, you know, coming in. So even that pure talk. Well, it's even this idea of just sort of, you know, Jim crow right yeah. so you have to we can't share you know pools or anything like that even air had to be in different cars uh in nazi germany jewish people were forbidden to go near any water that might touch an aryan german sound familiar very you have stories of like draining pools uh like if a black person went in it or throwing glass in it there was a story of this young black boy who was on this baseball team in ohio Mm. only black kid his parents couldn't come to the celebration outing and they would not let the little black boy into the swimming pool he had to sit on the outside of the gate different parents would take turns like spending time with him they're like can he just go into the pool for a little bit and the, the lifeguard was like, fine, but everyone has to get out of the pool. And they put him in like a little raft and the lifeguard just kept saying, don't touch the water. That's like when they would. Oh, God, that's uh, that's like heartbreaking. Yeah. Traumatizing. Very traumatizing. And that little boy is probably just like an adult right now. Like he's not like an old ancient right. man. This is recent he's history. Alive. Yeah. Get his absolutely alive today. That's like the bleach in the water, too, when black people would go into the pools. Mm-hmm. It's the whole myth of black people not swimming. It's because of this shit. Right. If black people don't swim because y'all said we couldn't go to the beaches. We couldn't go to the pools. And then when we were in the cities and you're like, fine, white flight, you drain the pools. Yep. And like we weren't allowed to swim. So get out of here with that. And then what's also so wild about this whole entire pure thing is that 
this one drop rule that defined blackness, it was also like Nazis actually found that to be too extreme. They're like, this is a little too wild. <laughs> God. <laughs> and the book even points out, I forget the statistic, but it says most Americans would not be able to pass the one drop rule. It yeah. Was, <laughs> that's the, that's why it's so stupid to me. And that's why I kind of even feel cert- kind of bad for some people who are like, you know, like I, like, I don't want to say not that black, but it's like, Unfortunately, like why we like we claim everyone because it's like you made the rule. I'm sorry, right. you're one of us. Like even if you're just like yeah, but I'm voting for Trump, but not like yeah. sorry, you're one of us. Person whose great 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 grandmother say, was black. You're black. You ain't pure. <laughs> you're not pure. So I I hate that pure stuff though because the implication is that I'm dirty. Oh, hundred percent. I yeah. hate it. Mm-hmm. I'll flip it on the other side. I'm not purely black. I'm just kidding. I just. <laughs> Trying to flip it, I know. it was but I don't want to be mean to Grandpa Russell. It's not no. his fault. He's from Scandinavia. Oh, look at you, international baby. Well, we thought he was Portuguese. I know you've been telling me you were Portuguese no. the whole time. When they said that he <laughs> came from Nova Scotia, what they meant was Scandinavia. Because when I took my DNA test, turns out I am ninety six percent that bitch. Which because a hundred percent. It didn't come. It doesn't yeah. add up to hundred percent. Yeah. Have awesome. I shared with you my DNA results? No, I want to see oh, you that. Know what? I was waiting to do it on air. Oh, that's right. Because we both we had a plan like a couple of months ago. We were going to share each other's DNA with each other, right? Hold on. This because is important. This okay? Teaser. Mm. teaser. All right. So in our final episode, you'll get to know who are we really? Who have you been talking to? Mostly black though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I know. <laughs> But my map is wild. I have some surprises for you. I can't believe I never told you my, my DNA results. No, you haven't. I want to know. Maury was like, he. all of them are the father. I know your story. You're like, I'm black. My mom has some Portuguese. That's no. why she got green oh, eyes. That's wrong. <laughs> that's what the story I've always known. It's wrong. <laughs> You'll see. Okay, number five, yes. occupational hierarchy. Mm. So this is that I uh, there's more desirable occupations for the superior caste. So Jim Crow laws would ensure that even hiring practices, which we are still seeing yep. live today, which we talked about in just the other one. And these are just some these systems, they're pillars, right? Yep. So they're so strong mm-hmm. and they're so intrinsic into our very our way of living is upheld by these pillars of caste american system is survives on caste yep you know what's fucked up Mm. i listened to a podcast where because you know a lot of people from india are coming and working in tech they're now starting they're cracking down on people who are hiring based on caste other indian immigrants that's how deep it runs dang see it's deep. And so, yeah, so again, the Americans would argue that, oh, those jobs are for, you know, black folks. And then on the other ones, you know, you're saying, well, well, God designed it this way. It's all part of the systems. You're able to, they all reinforce the other ones. And Wilkerson, you know, talks about, she has this whole entire metaphor about this this house that she gets into. Um, and she describes that the house is most important element structural element um is 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 the framing where the foundation uh known as the the mud cell and so this is like the strongest part so these people at the very bottom are the strongest part of your society that you have yep and that uh in the enslaved caste of uh, of black folks you know servants laborers all of these things like i mean we still have this even today with folks who are you know um you know, in the fields, getting our, our fresh fruit, day like our day laborers, mm-hmm. all of these sort of uh, servitude skills, our system is absolutely dependent upon these. And so 
But the major difference between the subordinate, so the way we do it in America, and the Indian uh, Dalit is that well, the Indian system has many subdivisions known as jatas mm-hmm. within each group that determines one work. So there's even levels of of the lower caste in oh, India. Oh God, it's complex. And black, there is just the one. Yeah, and you have few chances to break out except if you're a performer or an athlete and those are the ones that they can point to and be like well oprah mm-hmm. these exceptions jay-z barack mm-hmm. oh my god so true yep um and then even up until really recently these folks who would break through were also expected to like perform stereotypes of it so like hottie mcdaniel comes to mind oh, reinforcing these ideas of these stereotypes yeah paul robinson Mm-hmm. Singing Porgy, Porgy and Bess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number six. Okay. Ooh, we are bringing it down. Last go. episode. But again, this is the work that goes ahead of like these things are just because we close the doors in Minority Corner. It doesn't mean they're done. sending you away with how to fish. Yes. We're not we giving you a fish. See where these pillars are. Dehumanization and stigma. So this is the denial of individuality and human dig- dignity of lower caste individuals as through the various arbitrary punishments and restrictions which enslaved uh free uh, which enslaved and free black people were subject to in the u.s so all kinds of different things so you know this dehumanizing you know nazis did it they you know uh jewish rats um you know black you know black people were not looked as human right monkeys you know again that's why you don't put like minstrel shows circus right venus hot and hot all these sort of different things Mm. and again these how they still persist uh, today in the news, you know, these these thugs, these monsters, and uh, these, or even, you know, in the 80s, like these crack babies, all these different things that we've been labeled. I just saw this last night. I was watching a video of a concert of Katy Perry, because we were just watching it from Maya or whatever, and it was Egyptian-themed, and then she had her dancers come out as mummies, monsters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And they had big, giant butts nope. and big giant boobs nope. and nails and big red lips and big giant hoop earrings. So this way she can say Africa without, but we wrap them up in mummies. It could be anybody It's in just there. funny. It's whatever. But clearly. Dang, KP. I'm going to delete these songs off my workout. <laughs> But when you do this, when you dehumanize, it makes it easier to do extreme measures. So it's yeah. important. Otherwise, if they're human, then you can't treat them like that. Yeah. But if they aren't human, then you can do all of these different, uh, you know, things that, as we see in the other pillars, will get worse. And you kind of see each one of these pillars literally builds on top of the other. They do. And so by, you know, denying the subordinates equal regard to, you know, virtue, dignity, or even like, you know, suffering. And and it's it's easy to to do all these different things. And, and, you know, they're beasts and, you know, they're scourges, they're puppets. And and it's easier to do all this like humiliation and all these different things. And so the subordinate group then becomes marked as these pariahs. And so then punishment well, that's just normal. Like, it's part of it. Like, they they don't know any about it. They're these animals. So we have to, you know, train them. And so it's easier to marginalize them, ghettoize, ghettoize them, uh, and all these different things. And even Jewish folks, you know, were blamed for Germany's loss in World War One and the economic downturn that turned after. So, again, the you know, they have all the money and that they're yeah. these rats. And you can blame high crime rates on, you know, black folks. It's even thinking, like, I think... Um, 
the New York subway shooter might have been a black man. I don't know mm. that they're saying, but like, mm. again, white people don't think, oh, Dylan Roof. Oh, no, this looks bad on us. Like, but, what happened to him to make him that way instead of, oh, it's his inherent nature to be that way? Right. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, God, that's that's a real brutal one. They're mm. all brutal. Uh-huh. But that one really. Oof. But they all lead into they each other. They all lead into each other. So how do we kick it up a notch? Oh, now man. that we dehumanize, well, now we can do anything we want to these people, right? Yep. Number seven, terror and cruelty. <sighs> so America's good at that. This is a means of enforcement of the caste system and control of lower caste people. So, you know, we whippings, lynchings. You can even see the, you know, justice system, mm-hmm. criminal justice system, the treatment by police. And Wilkerson describes this as a means that's necessary for sustained oppression of an outcast group. Mm. And so this requires, though, that the members of the dominant class or dominant caste do nothing. Mm-hmm. They remain silent. They have to maintain complicit. Otherwise, this will, if they stand up and say something, well, it crumbles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all the other seeds have been planted. And so it makes it easier. And they, again, their very system, like who's going to do all these other jobs? Their entire system in society is dependent upon all these different other pillars of caste. So it makes it easier for them just to become complicit. Right. Kind of like a cult, right? You're at the very top. It's very like much Tom, like a cult. Like Tom Cruise is not going to... He's got people yeah. giving him a Pepsi at the drop of a dime. Right. From that can't look in his eyes. Terror. Right. Mm-hmm. So you think he's going to... like? It's just, But he's been designed that this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. They're in their role. I'm in mine. Mm-hmm. It's for the greater good. I uh, And so... Yes. So, you know, like you said, whippings, burnings, hangings. These are things both Nazis and Americans, uh, slave owners did to control folks and uh, plantations. And again, we know other ways that this is still advanced and in existence. I mean, we saw just what happened with the Asian community. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's terror being enforced and also to let you know, hey, you're a part of the system and you're subordinate. Yep. Our last pillar, the last one, now that we've gotten all here, where can we hang our hat? Well, now you're at the top. You have all these things. You've controlled everything. Okay. Well, now, obviously, inherent superiority and inferiority, because like I'm all the way up here. You're there. Well, duh, I'm better than you. Oh, yeah. And it then just all reinforces itself and so this is the belief that people of one caste are inherently thus superior because you look at everything mm-hmm. like well they're doing that i'm not doing that right you know, god said that i'm supposed to be up here they're, i'm pure i'm pure i you know they keep getting they're terrible they're always in trouble they're always doing bad things we have to punish them mm. so clearly we are, i'm part of this better thing it's just my lot you know uh we'll do a donation don't touch me <laughs> we'll do a donation no, and that makes sense. Oh, in that like fully enables don't do anything. Yeah. And also you want to hold on to it. And why people who have privilege don't want to give up the privilege because it gives up their superiority. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is all connecting. And in some ways, they, in, in some subtle way, you believe and are complicit in parts of this caste system. That there are parts of you that do believe mm-hmm. um, that some of these things are are in fact true. You know, again, like I had someone who had said... That same guy, he had said, you know, if you really want to make, I was talking about how, you know, we need to do diversity workshops at work. And he was saying, oh, you know, those are just, you know, I I feel like they're just performative. If you really want to make a difference in a black child's life, 
go read to a black child after school. But like, why does it have to be a black child? Why do we got to read to a black child? You don't think they're getting read to I at was home? Say, it's like, like we what don't the read to fuck? our black kids. Like it just is so layered, but yes. you are in part of these biases that are here. And again, it's, you know, in some part, not your fault. You're part of this caste system. These pillars, they're very, very strong pillars. And so in this last one, you know, uh, Wilkerson talks about like old Hollywood as an example of helping to perpetuate these popular stereotypes. Mm. I would even say continue. Like we're having to unpack these things that are so embedded yep. into our, our media pro- projections that we've seen. Um, and that, you know, black citizens that they're. You know, white people have this unquestioned superiority and black people are expected to treat the dominant caste with false deference and submission. It's part of, you know, getting into your role. And then what happens when you don't, you can get punished because you're out of line from how you're supposed to be um, acting. They all lead into each other. It's like. It's I'm. I'm not being good for a podcast right now because it's just it's a like lot of information. It just takes your breath away with how perfect it kind of interlocks for control. Yeah. And how everybody is kind of a victim. Yeah. And it's and it's but it's so perfectly well done and calculated. And I love the way she breaks it down because again, it all goes back to this religious belief that ends up happening and those are very strong that's a very strong pillar to to start off on yeah and then you're able to just build on top of that and they all reinforce the other and so we have to just start chipping away and doing the work actively mm-hmm. that it's an active participation that everyone has to be involved in specifically for those in the dominant cast and start using words matter and saying oh we do have a caste system here in the united states it yeah. is based on race and we have to get honest about that yep. and then we can start having because it's we want to believe that with class it's like well anyone can you know push themselves out of bootstraps bootstraps and those sort of things but uh your your cast isn't allowed to have boots yeah if you you got no straps how are you supposed to be a part of this class system absolutely and then they'll like you know beat you up for wait where'd you get those boot parts you stole them like all these sort of things and so one thing that they also bring up in this book though the difference is like when you look at you know how germany was been able to Dis, they don't have a caste system there anymore. They have dismantled it. And, you know, there are no statues of Nazi journal, like Nazi generals Good. hanging up because yeah. they're ashamed of it. Why are we not ashamed of the parts of our caste system with the Confederate flag, these statues? They should all be shameful parts that we take down, put in a museum if you want, but, um, you know, get them out of here. Get them out of here. So that is the homework. And my question for everybody is you kind of continue going on, you know, in what ways do you see that these pillars are are still held up? And what do you think are the next steps? I don't necessarily think it's on us to figure it out after 348 Ooh. episodes. <laughs> yeah. you've, you've got it. And there are ways for you to continue Spot it, though. To, to do to do the work. And one other thing that I want to add that I really recommend this really great book. I was going to save it for, maybe I'll save it for, for next week, but. Ooh, cue up tease, tease, tease. Uh, there's a really great book called The Light uh, the Lightmaker's Manifesto. Uh, it is by Karen 
Walren, mm. black lady, really good friends with Brene Brown. Okay. Uh, and it's all the Lightmakers Manifesto. And essentially it talks about how we are all, first of all, how all the different ways that activism takes place mm. and how to take care of yourself on this journey. That's the and most important And that we all part. actually need to own our activism and how we are activists, whether it's um, supporting people who are out there doing the protests and you mm. know, donating or, you know, even in a war, like not everyone's on the front lines, but some people are like making like, you know, I was gonna say hats, but like, you know, making yeah. little like items or feeding the people who are on the front lines. Maintaining the home so you have somewhere to go when yes. it's done. So too. we all have our part, but stepping into it and owning how am I an activist and what ways am I an activist uh, and leaning into that because that. we all have to actively work to dismantle this. And specifically, the more power and privilege you have, then the more we need to ask you to step up because other folks are so tired, generationally exhausted, and we'll still do the work, but we need to take some rest. breaks. Yeah. Lord Mama's Tired. Followed by the sequel, Mama the Lord's Tired too. Max Fun Drive is just around the corner. 2022. Starting April 25th. It's the best time of the year to support your favorite shows by becoming a MaxFun member or upgrading your membership. Just two weeks. We've got some great episodes and amazing thank you gifts in store. And who knows, maybe a few surprises. Don't forget bonus content. So make sure to tune in starting Monday, April 25th to get all the juicy details on what each show has in store. Actually, wait, what are the details anyway? Why are they juicy? That's kind of a strange adjective to describe details. A Nekke's Corner, A Nekke's Corner, A Nekke, 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 Nekke's Corner. I just remembered. Remember yeah. Quizlet? Of course, because you just sang the Quizlet Corner song. I just slapped the name onto <laughs> it. <laughs> Do you remember Quizlet? Yeah, that was the same song. Yeah. I sang that song so many times. It is in there. were some times when it, like, and I was like, we'll talk about this in our next episode, but mm-hmm. it would be the time zones. It'd be late and I'd be able to do Quizlet. I'm like, you got to give me my song. Uh, Quizlet Corner, Quizlet Corner, Quizlet quiz, 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 Corner. Okay, what's the question? But then you would always be Giggles and giggles and Titties by the end of Quizlet Corner. Oh, wow, Giggles and Titties. <laughs> is that something that we used to say? I feel like that's something we used to say. Titties is definitely... I wish that there was a way to count how many what words were said, how often on this show. Titty would be huge. Titty would be huge. Mm-hmm. Like Janet Jackson. Huge. Her huge. interludes were a big part of our early show. Huge Look at us getting back her. into <laughs> the save thing that we it. said that we're we not going to do it. Until next. And watch the next episode. We're like, okay, let's, let's rehash my dirty corner. Like, I got nothing. Blink, blink. I know. <laughs> Don't get us started. We will. Okay. Okay. You ready for my corner? Where are you taking me? I am nervous because, okay. Yeah. One thing Aneke, like, Aneke. I like to surprise your ass. And wild <laughs> out. And if Aneke knows this is her last corner, what y'all think she going to do? She going to burn mean, it? Are you going to at least let Thaya Lopez's down? Hey, you know are what? Are you going to take down a minority corner? <laughs> it's been hard because you got all these amazing guest hosts coming in. And now I need to worry if they've already taken my corner or not because they're amazing. So Maybe I was like, if you listen okay. to the show, I do would, listen, ah. but you know, it's a lot. A weekly show. My we did, brain is a we sieve. Did two this week. So um, okay. I'll, so what I did. I can't wait to be like, we did that. And you did not do this. 
Because I was like, what are two things that I could just Google? Black people are always a part of everything in America. So I'll put in black people, and I was eating a bowl of ice cream, so I said black people and ice cream. Ah! Ooh, did we make the ice cream soundtrack song? I mean, of course we had our (laughs) fingertips in ice cream. We invented ice cream. Thank you very much. Look at this sweet treat. Well, American ice cream. You are literally being the cherry on the top of mm-hmm. Minority Corner. It's a little sour cherry. But, you know, Ooh, there's okay. some good and bad. Mm. As with black American history, there's always good and mm-hmm. bad. Just as we, I mean, and you can point out the the eight pillars of the caste system, system and in all of these stories. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, so I got, just to lead you in, I got three of our pioneer black people in ice cream for oh. America. Three black people that made your ice cream delicious. Mm-hmm. And then one black owned ice cream for you to patronize after okay okay so the first one <laughs> not wait is it patronized to be a patron yeah not like patronize like oh ooh, look at you oh is that you being are those a baby two words that sound the same <laughs> but they're spelled different maybe something like that i don't know i don't know buy the stuff buy their yeah. ice cream <laughs> support black ice cream support black ice cream okay so the three people that made a difference in ice cream, the first person, and we're going in chronological order. And these are really, I was surprised to find out how close in, like, they're usually like only a couple of years between each of these people. So ice cream came to America in a bang and we didn't let go. Okay. Dang. Okay. So the first person you'd be surprised to know is a James. I'm not surprised because you know what? I love ice cream. Yeah. It's in your name say i am i'm gonna get some after this show okay okay so james hemmings hi does that last name sound familiar i don't know her that <laughs> man could be walking down the street does the sally hemmings sound familiar oh <laughs> so he's related to thomas jefferson yes so okay so sally hemmings Uh-oh. the you know thomas jefferson's uh, what do you call it? Victim? Victim. Yeah. Let's say victim. People I think that's probably the best thing. People keep trying to romanticize it. Like, oh, we can't romanticize this because, first of all, I don't think people know this, but Sally Hemings was, her and her siblings were a gift to Thomas <laughs> Jefferson's wife. I mean, all of this is I know, terrible. a gift, but this is even more terrible. She was, not only her and her six siblings were a gift to Thomas Jefferson's wife, <laughs> they were her half-siblings. So literally, Mm -hmm. um, Thomas Jefferson, Mrs. Jefferson's dad was a plantation owner, Mm -hmm. victimized one of his enslaved people, had six kids, then was like, here, daughter, here are your, here's a gift for you. Your brothers and sisters are now going to work for you for free. And then Thomas Jefferson was like, your sister is hot. (laughs) I need us to write this movie. Like, (laughs) this is how we're telling it. And Barry uh, just like, and Barry like, we're not gonna, we're gonna just sort of, no. we're gonna do a movie that's all subtext. Yeah, this is no, what's happening. Is, these are the, these are the dialogue. This is the actual dialogue. Yeah. Hey, your <laughs> sister is hot. <laughs> because people need to know. Yeah, and she's like, I'm just trying to do my job, and he's like, mur, mur, mur. I know. So James Hemings, Thomas Jefferson's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep this real. Mm-hmm. Was the chef to Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And Jefferson really liked his cooking. He was like, "You're a, damn, you're a really good cook." <laughs> so he took him and Sally Hemings, the only two. He was like, "You out, you two out of the six. I like you guys. Ice cream, hot one. Yeah. Everybody else, get out. Come on. This is before ice cream. He's okay. like, "I'm gonna take you two to France. Oh, okay. And we're gonna go to France, and you guys are gonna learn some shit in France and mm-hmm. be cultured or whatever." This was in 1784, and then um, so there he was like, James Hemings. 
I want you to study how to be a chef because mm-hmm. you're already a good chef. I want you to be a good chef. You're 19. You'll figure it out. And we're not even going to talk about what happened to poor Sally Hemings when mm-hmm. they were in France. Yeah. And so they come back to France. And I do have to say, you need to look at the subtext when you're reading things because I went to Monticello.com and they were like, Sally and James were free in France. But Thomas Jefferson said, hey, if we make some deals, will you come back to America and be my slaves? Fuck you, Montecito, and your skewed history. Who you would? know he threatened them. I will kill everyone you love. <laughs> exactly, unless you... I am the president of the United States. I laugh, but you know it's true. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You fucking know it's true. And we know the pillars of caste, like what they were probably afraid of, yes. and all of these things, yeah. And I hate that in this website, that's credible. They're like, they chose to come back. You know, they thought no, it was fun, they came back. Nobody would choose... To come back. Especially after what you hear James does. Mm, okay. This man did not want to work there. So, okay. So this is where ice cream comes in. Mm. So he learned about um, like frozen French custard. Mm-hmm. And he would like make this stuff for the people there in the White House and in the Montecito or whatever. And everybody was like, ooh, this is delicious. You're a top-notch pastry chef. This is great. You're amazing. And he would, like, help Jefferson have these lavish parties in Philadelphia and Virginia. And just he was just, like, great, right? Yeah. And so, in 1793, Jefferson was like, hey, I'm going to free you. You're doing such a good job. I'm going to free you. If you train your successor to cook like you. Dang, that's hard. What do you do, corner kids? I'm just trying to think. Like someone's like, I'm gonna free you, but I got you're gonna train the next person who's gonna be stuck in doing what you have to do. That's hard. Do you do it? I think I probably self preserve it's hard. So he trained his brother Peter to become his replacement. <laughs> hey, Pete, um How fucked up. But he gets to be free. Maybe he could work to get, you know, Peter free. I don't know. In 1796, James Hemings left Monticello as a literate free man with $30. Well, $30. He was like, bye, brother and sister. I'm out of here. And so over the next five years, he put his valuable, valuable culinary skills to work in Philadelphia, Baltimore, and possibly even Europe. So he became like a famous chef. Yeah. Basically. Well, also he's got, he was like, hey, I was cooking for Thomas Jefferson. Like, yep. oh, okay. No, exactly. I love resume. Yeah. And because of him bringing frozen custard to these rich people, rich white people, it started to become like a delicacy mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in February 1801, Jefferson tried to recruit him back again. He's like, hey, you want to come back? Come on, come on back. Please come back. And apparently in August, James was like, okay, fine, I'll come back. I'll come back and I'll be your pastry chef. And then in October, he killed himself. (gasps) Dang. He did not want to go back. Yeah. He did not want to go back. Oh, man. Wow. Dark. That is dark. Woof. Okay. Dark. Looking forward to seeing that movie come out soon. Because, you know, every time we talk about something, it becomes a movie. It becomes a movie. We are the soothsayers. We really are. Okay. Second pillar in ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Pillars, pillars everywhere. Everywhere. Pillars of cast, pillars of ice cream. Okay. So this is the second black person to make ice cream amazing in America. Okay. Yeah. So remember, this is... So, 1801, James Hemings was doing his thing. Doing his thing. Mm-hmm. So now we're with Augustus Jackson. Okay, Augustus. Okay, Augustus Jackson. He worked in the White House too. I'm seeing a trend. Yeah. So he was a chef for a lot of first families, um, like um, 
mostly what people like like to say that he worked for was the Madisons. That's where mm. they really loved his ass. How'd they get ice back then? It, in all my research, nobody said if he was a paid <laughs> chef or an enslaved chef. So no, but like, how did they get uh not like, not like diamond oh. ice, like okay. real ice? Like, how did they get ice? Oh, ice to make ice cream frozen water and then they carted it with like a mule or whatever dang y'all would eat anything y'all were so hungry back then what's this i mean refrigerators weren't a thing until like the 50s i know that's why i'm just like how did they get ice like i that's a really good question (laughs) i don't i don't know took that for granted you're like oh yeah they just got the ice to the refrigerator they put the cup right there and they went Anyway, so, okay, so Augustus Jackson took over, like, working in the White House, and he probably learned this from, like, hand-me-downs, either from James or from Peter, sadly, Mm. about how to make ice cream, and um, Dolly Madison, who is James Madison's wife. Yeah, she sounds familiar. Apparently, she liked her ice cream with oysters on it. Okay, Dolly. (laughs) Hello, Dolly. So... Augustus Jackson worked in the White House from 1817 to 1837. So that's like literally, we're only talking about a 16-year gap between these two people. Yeah. So he, during his time, he launched ice cream businesses in Philadelphia and um, helped a lot of other like black pastry chefs and confectioners specialize in ice cream. So he really took it out of the White House and brought it to the masses of people. Mm, he was, oh, they were just like, it's just for us. You want yeah, this Yeah, rich street. people. And then he's yeah. like, hey, black people, learn how to make some ice cream. Mm-hmm. And so um, once he stopped working at the White House, he... Oh, so one of his big innovations, this is why Augustus Jackson is huge for American ice cream. He l- figured out how to make ice cream without eggs. Uh, so before, eggs. yeah, frozen custard. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said eggs. Why you say that? The reason that you can scoff like that is because of Augustus Jackson. Uh-huh. No, yeah. that's true. Thank you, Augustus. Oh, let me get some eggs. I got to make some custard. <laughs> so, so Augustus Jackson, he's the one that figured out that you can stabilize the ice by adding salt to it. Like, have you ever, like, done one of those old-timey ice cream churners where you add salt? I'm just still amazed about the ice because there's no freezer. And so my brain is still like, but I am so Just imagine a giant cube of frozen water that you drag from a lake, probably. And you're so just picking was, at wait, it. Wait, but here's the wildest thing. So mm-hmm. ice cream was like a thing for like where it snowed, but you would think like it's too cold to eat the ice cream. You got to enjoy it while you can. <laughs> Delicious. It was like a winter treat. People were not that. Where are you getting the ice from in the summer? But th- people kept things cold in the summer. I guess so. I don't know. It happens. There's swamp coolers that they don't have. The fans, the slave, fan that ice. I mean, sad but true, but maybe. <laughs> you never know. Good biceps. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, so he figured out how to make this ice cream, right? He stopped working at the White House, and then he went to Philadelphia, and he created, like, a wildly popular, like, ice cream parlor. Mm. So, like, this is during slave times, too. So he's a free black man just making ice cream for people, (laughs) and people are stoked about his ice cream. Mm. And so he's, like, a really, like, good guy where he's, like, spreading the word. He's like, black people, figure out how to make ice cream. And then, like, apparently a bunch of ice cream makers started cropping up in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia Mm -hmm. became, like, black people ice cream town. 
And <laughs> you want ice cream, you go to Philadelphia. But here's the sad thing. Uh oh. Jackson did not apply for a patent. Of course. We could have got one. <laughs> could not, but could we? Hold on to that thought. <gasps> oh. So um unfortunately because of that and because of so many other black ice cream parlors when jackson died mm -hmm. in 1852 mm. at 43 oh he's young he ate, no, he ate too much ice cream <laughs> his daughter tried to take over the business but there's just too many black ice cream people and they took over oh. or maybe she had bad business practices <laughs> she was we're like, not gonna she was maybe gonna, like 20 was she ready she, i don't think so She's out there who do who well there's nothing to dance to it's 1850 there's things to dance too they got their music back then wasn't fun for us now but for back then they were having a good time with their non-ice box again i'm still like so they had these ice cream bothers but where were they like i just they just get off of that I'm just so trust sorry. that there's ice cream i do i am okay. i absolutely do how did that start american ice cream was created by black people it was yes okay the last pillar okay of ice and cream. black people make your ice cream delicious in america story <laughs> alfred crayle mm. i'm probably saying his name wrong but whatever alfred so alfred he was born in 1866 okay so you know right Slate. after the civil, civil war, war is done done He's born. Free man. People, yep. A lot of people are just like, you know, black people, reconstruction. They're doing their thing or whatever, you know. So by the late 1890s, so what is he, he's in his 30s? Mm-hmm. Okay. He made his way to Pittsburgh, and he found his way. He's, he's got a job as a porter at a drugstore. Mm -hmm. And there was an ice cream counter. And while he's doing his work, he's noticing that the ice cream man is having a real hard time scooping that ice cream out. He's like, that man is struggling, and now he's using two spoons, and now he's spilling it all over the place. This is a mess. <laughs> I need to do something. <laughs> he literally was like, his wife turned to him, and she was like, <laughs> what was his name? Alfred. Alfred, you got to do something. <laughs> this is too messy. <laughs> oh, I forgot to bring up, too, that Jackson would sell his ice cream in little tin containers, which I thought was kind of oh. fun. Tin keeps things cold, so, I mean, you know. Okay, everyone is just... <laughs> I just having a hard time with the science. I, need to give I know you they did it, but my brain is like stuck. But like, but where were you? I know. All I can see is like where? 1950s ice cream parlor. I'm like, they didn't no, have those. This is full. Weird, I just feel like, like it's melting. Like big curly mustache. Time. I just never thought they were walking out their ice cream cones. They were playing with sticks and hoops or whatever the fuck was going on in 1800s. And, and it was snowing. I also just really. Sorry to put a pause on this, but like, no. I know what it was like to live in New York now. So hot and so cold because it gets both of those. And Weather. I don't understand how people in like 1800s or early 1900s like didn't just die. Wearing full wool. Like they didn't have enough. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I feel like they didn't have enough snow gear to stay alive. Like they didn't have enough. Like yeah, just some wool, <laughs> some wet wool. I know. How? I don't understand how y'all survive. With I'm glad you do. Tarps. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> but fuck no, would I want to be in a corset in the summer heat with a wool gown on, ah! trying to keep my hair pressed or whatever the fuck. And then in the snow, you maybe just get a little coat, but you ain't got. Yeah, you don't to... got down. No, you got have... a little wool coat. Wool again, <laughs> worst. Okay, so we're back to Alfred. Alfred. He's watching these people struggle bus with the <laughs> ice cream thing, right? And so he's a little. He's doing a little mechanical engineering, mm. and he invents the ice 
cream scooper I mean, with the little clickety click. You know, the mm-hmm. one little scoop. The one that I have right in my kitchen still to this day. Yeah. A hundred year old machine. Over a hundred year old. Tool, if you will. If it ain't broke, don't fix <laughs> don't it. Don't fix it. First man to apply, black man to apply and receive a patent. Wow, through ice cream leads the way. Mm-hmm. Sort of how like uh, pornography has been like a, a leading for like you know internet. VH- oh yeah, yeah. VHS tapes. Yes. Ice cream is like that, but That's for scooper. patents for black people. Yes, for like ice cream has been this leader like for black people in terms of. Uh, Cracking glass ceilings. Yeah. Broke it with that ice cream scooper. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Like, so next time you see, you go into your kitchen, you scoop yourself some ice cream. Thank you, Alfred. Thank Alfred Crayol for making that step. That was in uh, February 2nd, 1897. What a day. (laughs) (laughs) It was a cone shape. It was weird. I'm glad that they changed it to a little bowl. We got to advance things. Like Mm -hmm. our government. We don't just keep the same ice cream scooper we had 100 years ago. We only keep the same rules and senates and governments. We got to update it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Last but not least. Oh, yeah. Who? What? For us now, black-owned ice cream. Mm. Um, I picked this one because I think that you will really like the names of these ice creams. So it's called Creamalicious. It's at Walmart. Okay. It's founded by Liz Rogers, so black and female-owned ice cream shop. And here are some of the flavors. Porch Light Peach Cobbler. Okay. Grandma Gigi's Sweet Potato. There for it. Sweet Potato. Again, oh, my, my family will be so mad on Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, Who brought this pumpkin pie? Oh, no. We're a sweet potato family. Outraged. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there are several ice cream shops that I look and they all got a sweet potato oh, flavor. Oh, you got to have a sweet potato flavor. Mm-hmm. Ride as rain, red velvet cheesecake. Oh, that sounds good. Thick as thieves pecan pie. Mm-hmm. Slap your mama banana pudding. I mean, sometimes you got to when it's that good. <laughs> Uncle Charles brown sugar bourbon cake. <laughs> oh, Uncle Charles. And your favorite, Aunt Poonie's caramel <laughs> pound cake. <laughs> Ooh, ah, pony. Oh, man. I can find all these at Walmart. I'm here for it. Well, I don't support Walmart, but I support black-owned ice cream. Creamalicious. Creamalicious. And that was your dive through ice cream and black people. Do you want to hear how ice cream got started? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just had to what? Google this really quickly. You, did, well, I'm telling my story. You I Google things. I was multitasking. Uh-oh. Which one was failing? I hope you misspelled a word and you were listening to me. I went on autopilot. There's one thing my body knows how to do is type ice cream. Okay. Uh, So its origins are known to reach as far back as century BC. Mm -hmm. Although no specific date or origin or inventor uh, has been credited. It's also known that Alexander the Great enjoyed snow and ice flavored with honey and nectar. That's a snow cone. There's biblical references. Uh, King Solomon, oh. fond of ice drinks during harvesting. That sounds like tea. <laughs> but I guess they're it's, stretching this. You don't think about like how ice just like. Uh, See, in the BCs, they had ice, James. That's wild. And over a thousand years later, Marco Polo returned from Italy to the from the far east with a recipe that closely resembled what is now called sherbet. Oh. Historians estimate that this recipe evolved into ice cream sometime in the 16th century, mm. and England seems to have discovered ice cream at that same time perhaps even earlier than the italians cream ice as it was called i yeah that charles the first during the 17th century first introduced these frozen desserts um 
all these white people, I want to focus on the black Americans. I know. I just was so, so curious of just yeah. like how it got started. But it's old. It's, it's old. Point. It is old. But then black people made it better. And the entire time, they weren't able to scoop it until... 1897. Came along, solved that mystery. That's amazing. Four, what was that? Four BC, you said? Oh, I don't. They don't have a number. They said three BC. Uh, second century. Second century BC. BC. Oh. We've been loving cold things for a long. Mm. Is it creamy? Is it cold? That's what we want to hear. Well, there it is. Well, you'll heard it here first, and can't wait for that Netflix movie. James Hemmings. That story. Oof. That is one. The story of the Hemmings. Not as cute as you thought it was. Tacky, really. Yeah, yeah. Do better. Once again, Aneke, you hit it out of the park. Thank you. She's doing it. She's doing it. She's My doing it. Wow. Well, we're going to bring you back next week. We're going to wrap up this shebang. Let's do it. Shebangy bang. Well, there it is, there it is, and don't you worry, y'all, we still have two whole new episodes for you. We have a surprise episode on Tuesday. Well, surprise, it's coming at you. We had one this week for you, Uh, but we have a little mini episode we're going to throw your way uh, on Tuesday, a little retrospective, and then next week, next Friday, releasing to you all the final episode of Minority Corner. How will it end? Will Jennifer Hudson show up? Will her and I make amends? You'll find out. You'll find out next week. And Nike will be here with us to close out the final episode of Minority Corner. I can't believe it's happening. I can't believe it's happening. What a journey. So we're going to unpack this journey that we've been in. We've all been in through. And uh, it's been a long one. So two more episodes coming for you next week. And uh, all right. Well, I'm going to get on out of here. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Big thank you to our producer and editor, Sarah Brown, our production coordinator, Lori Fowler. To all of you listeners, we don't do this show for seven years without you. To all of our Maximum Fund members, we don't do this show uh, without you as well. Y'all have helped so incredibly much. We're so grateful and appreciative of you. So we'll be back very soon. Two new episodes coming at you. Until then, be well, y'all. And thank you so much for listening to Minority Corner. Because together, we're the majority. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.